0: go (laughs) all right we are podcasting again another amazing person I met in Instagram actually can't remember it was a couple weeks ago now Danielle that we connected I think you followed my page and I like to connect with everyone who follows my page I don't even know how that happened But I remember actually clicking away from your profile and being like, no, 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 go back, go back, keep exploring, explore deeper. Like I always do kind of like a quick scan and like a hello and like an energetic connect, like just, hey, welcome. Nice to meet you in my mind, right? In my heart. But something about your page was like, oh no, keep going, go back go explore who she is and I'm so glad I did I'm so glad Mm -hmm. I listened to that intuition because um I hope that at the end of this podcast everyone goes to check out your work in your website or Instagram if that's where they want to land um your words are poetic and beautiful and wise and it felt like an immediate like hey you want to talk to, want to talk to my audience on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being here. Um, I took a few like literal, I don't know, maybe 10 words of notes of things that stuck out to me in your work that I think would be useful for my audience.
1: Hmm. But why
0: don't you share, you know, why did you say yes to being here? Um, what does it mean to you to share yourself and your work in the world? What it really doesn't matter. What do you think the audience might want to know about you for this particular recording? Mm,
1: that's a great question. Um, Well, I will just back up and say, I don't remember how your work yeah. appeared in front of me, but what I know is that, so first of all, I oftentimes use Instagram in a very non-strategic way, Mm -hmm. similar (laughs) to how we used to use Pinterest. (laughs) I can remember when my 11-year-old little girl would be nursing and falling asleep and Pinterest, and I'd like scroll and save things for later and save things for later, right? So my my recollection with you is that somehow you appeared in front of me, which it must have been a cross relationship of something, whatever. Right. But when I saw the topic, what I did was I, I, I followed you as a way to remember to go back and ex- like, wait, what's her take? Where is she yeah, coming from? I'm right. so intrigued. And then you DM'd me as an intro and I thought, oh my gosh, it's so lovely. Like that's so, you know, that takes effort. That takes, that's truly like someone who reaches, right? yeah Um, and also probably has some bandwidth and so I I think we had just a brief exchange and um, yeah and how could I there was nothing to say no to it was just right right? and the truth is is that I I still am like I need to go back and see more of your work because it is such a um,
0: hey there's a lifetime to keep exploring so right there's no rush
1: no no i have a spiritual belief
0: that um you know in the work i do and um you know i know you haven't fully explored it but i do refer to to my abortion as a baby like she's out there and i like i think these soul babies make all these connections (laughs) like Um... maybe it was baby grace who was like hey keep looking at her words Go back Mm -hmm. and read more of her content, right? And on Instagram, you are Danielle Cohen Photography, right? Am I making that up? No, no. So it wasn't like I didn't have a particular interest in photography at the time or I'm looking for a photographer. And it was just like, everything in me was like, go read her stuff, go read her stuff.
1: And you know what? That right there might be the thing that anyone in any audience needs to hear. Because here's the truth. Danielle Cohen photography is not proper branding for me. I'm totally right? well that's what I figured out. I was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> I haven't cleaned that up. Mm-hmm. These things are not being done properly. I yeah. have teachings that would show you exactly how to do this. And but I also have bandwidth and I also have reality and I choose every day where to put my energy and time. And yeah. when I when I need to or when that becomes pole position, <laughs> I will. And in the meantime whether it's through soul babies or other soul connections oh or no, right? and other mysterious things that I just need to trust, the connections will be made. And I yeah. think that that is is—it's um, just good for us to remember mm-hmm. that we don't have to work so hard and mm-hmm. that we don't have to have it all right at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we can even be doing things wrong or we can be not perfectly aligned with our own branding and our own, and still have beautiful things. Amazing yeah. things happen. Yeah. And why that is and where that is, you can we all kind of get to decide if we want to root it into a spiritual belief that says, this we're a vessel. Like so I tend to talk about we're really the vessel for the work. Mm -hmm. Right. Which means we do a couple of, and the guardian for the work, which really isn't Mm. different than being Mm -hmm. a parent, you know, we're the vessel, which both means that it's pretty essential that we take really good care of ourselves because the work is no joke.
0: And Mm -hmm. to be able to be Mm. a vessel
1: for something to come through you, you want to be as well as you can within what's available to you. Yeah. Right. And it also helps us to depersonalize a bit in that way so that we can, it can it can actually give us a little bit more um, power to show up when we remember, oh, I'm the vessel for this work. This actually isn't about me, even mm-hmm. with our branding, right? Yeah. It's not about choosing necessarily colors you love. It's It's about what's resonant with your work, yeah. right? Or, you know, what, so I think there is some freedom to be found when we can depersonalize it a smidge, Yep. and then just be the guardian to that work. Like, what do, mm. what's needed now? I love that.
0: Um, I took a whole bunch of notes, so you do, what do you call yourself these days? Are you still doing any photography? Do you really call yourself a coach, a consultant, a branding expert? Like what do you call
1: yourself these days? I call myself a visibility coach. Yeah. Um, and I, as far as photography, I do maybe, I always say I'm going to do about five sessions a year and I end up doing closer to 10, um, depending and (laughs) yeah, Yeah. So I do a small amount of them. I love working with the same people again and again. I, I love relational based business. Mm -hmm. And I, again, like I connect with the soul of someone else's business and, and who they are. And the more that we're able to do that together, the more flow and beauty and access we have in the sessions. Yeah, So that's how I tend to work with photos. And of course, I also have my own just creative and um, expressive practice that I go in and out of with that. And in terms of visibility coaching, um, you know, coaching may not be the perfect word, I think. Probably, right? but, I totally yeah. feel that. I think like, like, most of us feel
0: that. Right. It's like, it's the best descriptor based on current world awareness but it's not really
1: yeah i think with the language we have available to us and the way that we're associating um, what that means it's an easier way for people to recognize and be able to say okay i have a sense of what that person does and the visibility part gives you something else that might make you both a little confused and also hopefully resonant Um, that then creates that differentiating, you know, refining quality to the word coach. And not that there's anything wrong with the word coach, but I think if I were looking at like definition, probably mentor is a better fit or guide. Yeah, Yeah, Um, totally. But the truth is, is that there's different parts that I access when I work with people. Sometimes we're doing strategy stuff. Sometimes we're working at a therapeutic level yes Um, sometimes it's soul work so it's really and a lot of times we're also looking at and addressing cultural injuries and issues yeah um yeah so coach beautiful coach is a much more simple (laughs) way (laughs) to communicate what I'm here to do
0: yeah I feel like my what this podcast has turned into is um it's just kind of a place to gather all different ways of healing, all different ways of understanding yourself through your abortions, all different ways of finding meaning and purpose in yourself through your experience of abortion. Mm -hmm. So the things that really stuck out to me when I found you, that you existed in the world was these ideas of like taking up space and being visible, Um, Mm -hmm and wholeness and I think after and I don't I never even asked you if you have a personal connection to abortion in any way like that's like almost irrelevant for me because I know the work that you do is so valuable for this audience because so many of us shrink after our experiences we hide we don't the last thing we want to do is be seen is to be visible to own our story, to own our truth, to take up space. It's like, this is exactly what we're all doing afterwards. We don't feel whole anymore. We feel broken. And it's not, it's never about like, I take that back, the word never, but like for most of the people attracted to my work, it's its not even about abortion and like, do I regret it or do I feel guilty or like all of that stuff? It's like, all of it. Like like for me and my story, no, no regrets and all the feelings, all the feelings. And so I didn't know what to do with all those feelings. So for a while it felt like, well, I should just hide and not talk about them. Yes, So that was like, all that stuff for me is like, oh, she has something to offer.
1: So Um, there's so much I want to say that it's almost (laughs) like how do I choose? But I, I'm going to, um, you know, okay. There's about three things that are really wanting my attention that I'm to I share. have all these notes written down
0: because okay. like, it's <laughs> just like, there's so much here.
1: So there's so. one, you know, we as women, and I'm going to say things like as women, and I mean that um, loosely, I mean that as that's what my lived experience is as a 48 year old Mm -hmm. cisgendered woman. Mm -hmm. um, And that is mostly who I work with. That being said, I have other experiences and also lots of other things I don't experience. So meaning if this resonates with you and you're not a woman, great. I'm not um, making it unavailable to you. Yeah, I just, this is what I know. So we as women are well-practiced at what I call amputating parts of ourself. So we do it with our bodies all the time, right? Like we will find a part and just amputate it, exile it, right? Like for years, for me, it was my belly. I had babies in my twenties and I had really intense stretch marks and I didn't, and I already had some body dysmorphia stuff and I didn't have... something. I, I don't want I don't know what I would label it the healing, the skill, the something to love myself enough. Period. I guess that's the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time hiding my belly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Ultimately I fell in love with my belly, but some other part of me fell out of favor. Right. And, and and so then there is this, well, I'm going to hide that or focus on fixing it. So, this is something we're really used to mm-hmm. doing. But we also do it with parts of our story and our lived experience, especially yeah. around anything related to sex. And we do it even with our period, right? Like we hide our tampon, hide our pads. There is this, these, these sometimes very small subversive ways. That we just are very conditioned to hide things, shove them into the shadows, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to abortion, it's it's it was so big and significant because because it's so big and significant in the world in terms of what is attached to what so much of the world has attached to what it means about who we are and whether or not we're even safe or allowed to exist. I mean it's really deep survival stuff, yeah. particularly yeah. when we talk about abortion. Yeah. So visibility work, which oftentimes people will look to me and think it's about posting on, you know, social media and whatnot, which it's not. Right. I mean that can be a place that we choose to show up and take up space and share our message and share our work. But it's about making the invisible visible. It's about really embodying our, the fullness of who we are and not shrinking back from our own reflection, from our own gaze, to be able to, you know, see a photo of us or see ourselves in the mirror and not flinch is a big deal. And that's literal and metaphorical right so to be able to own our whole story and that does mean agency too so meaning I can own my whole story about my sexuality about my personal abortion history about divorces or any of the things that might be a part of my story and still choose not to share it yeah so what I I want to say there is a distinction between owning it doesn't mean you owe it to tell, Yeah, right? Nobody has to tell their story. Yes, it can be healing, particularly when it's held with a holy witness, what I call a holy, right? So when we share our story mm-hmm. with someone who can truly be that sacred witness, mm-hmm. that is transformative. Mm-hmm. Sharing it, broadcasting it, can be empowering, can be useful, can be wonderful, and it can also be another um, injury. So we have to bring in discernment. We get to decide what's really true.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the other thing that comes to mind is um, I had to take my little dog to the vet for surgery this morning. I was driving with my husband and I was like, on the way back, I said, you know, I'm going to do this podcast interview today. I'd love to just listen to a little bit of her. Um, before I do, because I hadn't really heard you, you know? Mm. And so I turned it on. I didn't give him any context and I turned it on and I pressed pause about, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds into your intro. And I said, she just said the word abortion in like three times in about 15 seconds. What happened in your body? Mm. I said I could even feel my own self and I'm Mm -hmm. a pretty fucking out there kind of person in most ways in most spaces I could feel the part of myself that was like are we doing this is this this safe?" (laughs) and and he had a similar so he he had a similar response and I felt both my anger not at him personally Mm -hmm. but like I hold both. I have within me the internalized cultural shame yes. that says, Shh, "Amanda, you can get killed. Stop it!" Yes. Right? And I have the part of me that's like, "Why the fuck are you like to my husband? Like, why are you having a reaction? What are you? <laughs> mean, what's up? Right?" <laughs> So like, it's all there, it's all there. And then I have other parts of me that have luckily some less reactive thoughts around it all. Um, and it mostly makes me so happy. And I think this is something that I shared in our DMs, which is yay that you're doing this because this, this process of making these invisible stories, these deep Painful, shamey places, or these dissonant, confused places where women yes. are having abortions where they're yeah. not actually feeling horrible about it, but feel like they should be feeling horrible about it, which is then probably. Oh, that's a big one. Yep. Right. Oftentimes, <laughs> then makes them feel like, what kind of person if I'm not feeling horrible? Totally. You know, so giving space to these conversations mm-hmm. is such important work. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing I find again and again, and that I love about my work, is you're all doing such important, truly culture shaping, world building things that are moving us in the direction of a safer, more well world. Yeah, a big deal.
0: It is a big deal, and I you really t- spoke to I think a concern of a lot of people who find my work is like, well, is the only way I find my own freedom to like tell my story publicly? Like, do I have to be like you? If I work with you, do I have to be like you? And there's so much visible, um, and you speak to this a lot in your work. Is like visibility is about like just seeing yourself.
1: Yeah. First and foremost, can you see you?
0: Yeah. It's like, am I choosing to hold my story because it's intimate and, and special to me and I don't want to share it? Or am I choosing to hold my story and not look at all the parts of myself, including my story? Um, because I'm scared because I have shame because I live in fear. Um, and I I go through this stuff every single day like what you spoke mm-hmm. to about like shh yeah. you just said the word abortion right yeah. like out loud I'm getting coached big time right now because I feel like I'm in the process of another expansion and I'm like this is dangerous this is dangerous this You're is not dangerous wrong. yeah right and so mm-hmm. it's all, it's just being willing to be with all of it like I feel sad and I feel proud. I feel grateful and I feel, um, anger, like all the things and holding space for all of it. That's what this is about.
1: But I also think, and this is something that I focus on in my work quite a bit, is that being real about that danger. Yeah. Particularly with a topic so intense, right? And by intense, I mean, in terms of how it's Held in society, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, we have to, or we have the option to do thought work and um, and all kinds of things to make sure that we stay in right relationship with why we're showing up and that we don't let the fear swallow us. I also think that it's very wise. And very um, honoring and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Real? To acknowledge the danger, mm-hmm. the risk. I think that when we when we slip into or get messages that, you know, the fear is just all, more things we need to work on about ourself, that that is part of the predatorial messages
0: yeah. and
1: actually feeds the beast. And I yeah. think that when we can say, yes, I have internalized personal injuries, I have you know, some, some fear that I need to address and also me showing up in the world, taking up space, sharing up my stories, and taking a stand for things that are values-based, that go against many of the dominant, um, and by dominant, I mean dominant, I don't mean majority, uh, dominant powers, I'm putting myself at risk. Mm -hmm. And I think to pretend otherwise is is not helpful. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's in sharing any part of your any part of you right like your abuse history your sexuality your um you know whatever it is like it's not just abortion it's anything it's finding that balance of protecting yourself from a loving compassionate this is real place honoring that that fear exists for a reason but also not letting
1: it stop you from taking up space. Yeah, I think it's very practical too. It's Mm -hmm. like doing an actual risk assessment, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to do this thing because this work is important to me. These are the foreseeable risks and these are the things I'm going to put in place to do my best to handle them, Mm -hmm. right? It's like that. And and that's not a one-time set it and forget it thing. Like you are on a growth edge. Okay, so what are the potential risks there? Are you up for them to the best of what you know? What do you need in place in order to support you and fortify you? Mm -hmm. Who are your people? What's your ecosystem? All of those, what do you have? How much safety and security have you landed in your body Mm
0: -hmm. so that you have
1: that to fall back into, right? All There's so many inner and outer things that we can do.
0: Yeah. The answer
1: isn't to hide. Right, right.
0: The answer isn't to hide. Mm-hmm. Is the answer ever to hide? That's where my pause
1: came in. <laughs> I mean, is I think. The answer think ever to hide. My feeling is no. Yeah. It, it is yeah. to rest. It can mm-hmm. be to pause. It can be to stop. It can <laughs> be to quit. But hide Hates energy that isn't restful
0: yes that's exactly it right hide takes energy it takes so much energy it takes so much energy it takes so much energy and I think like if we could see a visual of all the energy being used by the one in three women who have abortion stories Mm. If we could get a visual of all of that energy used to hide those stories, it would be so powerful. It would be so powerful, so powerful. Yeah. But you can't become visible until publicly visible there's that piece of like seeing yourself, but then there's also that piece of like being seen by the world.
1: Um, and then there's a whole lot of ground between those two. Yes. And the yeah. truth is, is that, yes, I'm all about seeing ourselves. And also we're mostly injured in relationship and we mostly heal in relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're not meant to be islands. We can't we actually physically can't see ourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: My eyes will never see my own face or vo- I can look down maybe, but I will never actually be able to look at me the way I can look at you. Yeah. And that part of our biology, I think is deeply poetically mm. profound. Mm. Right. I can see myself in a mirror in a reflection. I can see myself in how you see me. And that's one of the most healing experiences. So if we can share our story, like I said, with a trusted yes. person and we get to feel how they see us back in that story, yeah. that is moving mm. towards healthy visibility, especially when there's a topic that's so tender.
0: Feel how they see us back. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. That's so good. Um, yeah, so there's this, so there's something you said earlier that I just have to go back to um you talked about being a vessel and a guardian and I want to talk more about that because um and taking care of yourself so that you can be those things do you know be in the world and I think I'm still exploring all of this but I feel like um as a mother say three kids before I had my abortion right like I'm so much the vessel and the guardian. But I feel that very same thing about my abortion, right? Like I was the vessel for something to be created. Yeah. For me, it happened to be speaking out and to and into and around and shining light on, abor- on abortion as a subject. Um, But I think that anytime there's activity in our wombs <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the vessel to something sure any kind of um, miscarriage loss or birth of a child or an abortion and I think that um my abortion is, is an example of how we can let our stories still be the vessel for something even though it wasn't a child we chose to bring into the world and I, I always talk about like birthing a new you after mm-hmm. abortion, right? Like mm-hmm. birthing the next version of you. And I think there's this like always recognizing and respecting that space we carry in our wombs for creation. Like something wants to be created from your abortion story. It, it might just be a holer version of you that that may be what wants to be created but like having that um relationship with your abortion experience and that it it just because it didn't yield a child a human being a full pregnancy and birth doesn't mean it wasn't part of the creation of something
1: Mm -hmm. i would offer that actually motherhood isn't that different from that either yeah yes with motherhood we birth a child but we also die <laughs> who we were like who we were no longer yeah, so is much and something else is born yes. in us and I think it happens again and again but there is something very much about um yeah, in the in a similar way, what you're what I'm hearing you say, uh, as far as um, even if the, a pregnancy ends in abortion or miscarriage, there is something being born. Yeah, and I think that with motherhood, even though there's a child being born, there is something else being born, and that is this this other part of who you are. Yeah, for sure. Or version or iteration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's when you can have that tenderness and respect and care for your experience and be in relationship with your experience. Yeah. Then you let that thing, whatever it is, be born in the world. Like you let that, you are the vessel for that that to be born (laughs) that to enter the world Um, and i
1: think that takes a really strong sense of self what you're talking about right like there is um you know again it could be we all have a different sensibility or way of orienting to it my language would be you know having a certain amount of faith in your own biography and trusting that there's something here, whatever it is, and staying mm-hmm. in that place of curiosity and compassion and care. And I think that's important because, you know, I remember a few years ago, you probably have the actual data on this, but I just remember people started talking about the abortion stories and there was a hashtag or something. Mm-hmm. And there was this like celebratory piece to it that i found myself feeling like i wish that the celebration was about the telling of the stories more than about what the story itself was in other words i was seeing story after story that was celebrating the person's abortion rather than celebrating that we were telling abortion stories and no longer hiding and that felt meaningful to me because I was thinking of all of us people, different people who have had traumatic abortion experiences or non-consensual abortion experiences or just deeply painful abortion experiences. And I thought, where is there- Yes, yes, yes. Them in this as well. Like, that's great if abortion, you know, if if we've had an abortion that was an empowering experience or even just like, this was the right thing for me i knew what i needed to do i had no regret this you know was actually really life-affirming for me to do beautiful and the person who is still tormented or struggling or deeply grieving the trauma of it not being what they wanted or them not having full agency or whatever the scenario is that story is as important and so that was a that was something that I remember feeling Mm. like oh this feels a little bit like a miss
0: I think um maybe what you're referencing is like the you know me hashtag which is like you know me I've had one too right um so what I heard what I wrote down as you were talking was and this has always been my Conversation around pro life versus pro choice. It's like mm. abortion is healthcare versus abortion is murder. It's like it's mm. so much bigger than all of that. So, what I wrote down when you were talking is like sometimes those pushes, those campaigns, those like die hard a- abortion storytelling,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like abortion is amazing versus Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. i am amazing yeah and i had an abortion that's it that's exactly it and and so the thing that i saw in that and see in that is it becomes almost like a club yeah right and so then if you didn't if your abortion wasn't amazing do you belong in the club and it creates more of that exile and more of that propensity to hiding Yes. So I love the message being exactly what you just said, which is I am amazing yes. and I had an abortion or 12 and yes. maybe they have a range of experiences and maybe I'm going to share about it with you and maybe I'm not, yes. right? And I am amazing.
0: Yes. I love that. It's really, that, that just sums it up. It's like abortion is amazing. Yeah, it's powerful but it's missing the mark so hard versus yeah. i am amazing and i had an abortion
1: or many yeah. yeah and the truth of the matter is is that you can think abortion is a horrendous you know the hardest choice that you've ever had to make and still vehemently stand for it being a legal option
0: yeah well i mean i
1: and an accessible I, It was definitely
0: the hardest choice I've ever made. It's the most sadness I've ever felt. Mm. It was the most difficult thing I've ever done. And it's the most amazing thing I've ever been through. It's the most amazing growth opportunity. Um, I think everyone should have access, I think, right? Like I'm a 100% pro-abortion and... Let's talk about all of it. Let's talk about the anger and the sadness and the resentment and the shame and the guilt and the, all of it, all of it. We can't just yeah right.
1: make room for all of the humans.
0: Yeah, yeah. And make room for humanity. all of the humanity,
1: right? Like if I picture us sitting in a women's circle and this is like the abortion story women's circle, I want it to feel genuinely inclusive. It isn't just come and tell your story if it empowered you. It isn't just come and tell your story if you think abortion is amazing. Just come and tell your story and know that you'll be seen and loved and helped and celebrated for who you are. Yes. And protected and advocated for, like, and just served, right? Mm -hmm. All of that. So when you say that it's the most um, important thing you've ever been through, Is that because of something it showed you about you? Is that because the work that's been born from it? What makes it the most important thing you've ever been through? It
0: was the, um, I had to follow my truth in a way I've never had to follow my truth before. All of me knew that it was the best choice for me to make based on what I wanted my life to look like, based on what my family looked like, all of it. Like I knew, um, but it w- I, I said so many times, it would have been easier to have the baby, right? If I'd had the baby and everyone was like, oh, I can't believe your IUD fell out. That's so terrible. We love you and your baby, right? Like that would have been the easier choice because the world would have accepted it, but I had to stand up for my truth and what I knew was right for me and my family um, in a way that I didn't know how the world would respond to. Mm. So to have to do something that you know is so right and so hard at the same time, that's what made it the most difficult and the most powerful. Say, and you did it. I had to own me, I wasn't yeah. doing it for anything else. And I think, um, that's where it can get a little messy. Like you mentioned, like, I think you use the word coer- coercion and coerced abortions, and like, um or medically necessary abortions or so many stories that like are just different than mine um and sometimes like owning you and who you are is like I I don't like that this is happening and I am in an abusive relationship and I am being coerced into this abortion and even though I it all not lining up the way I wanted it to like I'm still going to make this choice and own this choice because that's where I was at the time in my life. Like, right. right? Like that's where I was. Does it suck? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But like, that's what my story looked like at that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because when I hear you say your story that you, I don't hear that you had to do that. I hear that you had the, sense of self and maybe resources, whether that's internal or external or both, so that you could and you did make a decision to choose yourself. Like, I don't get that it was, it wasn't necessarily baked in, right? You, you could have chosen to keep the baby Mm -hmm. and lots and lots of people do. And I am sure that someone hearing that story that's had an abortion could hear it and say, and that's my pain is that I knew getting an abortion wasn't right for me. And yet I was, pre- I, I chose to not stand for me. And how do I get myself back from that? Yeah. And those are the things that I would say, that's where we have to call ourselves back from exile. Yeah. We did what we did mm-hmm. as best mm-hmm. as we could at that time. I love you anyway. Yeah. I love it, You know, I love me because I am me. And it's not to let us off the hook or bypass how we move through the world. It's to create more wholeness so we can be more whole, right? So we can call in all of ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: and bring that to whatever we do next.
0: Yeah.
1: And that often is a grief practice. Mm-hmm.
0: I think one of the one of the more powerful shifts I've had in with with some clients is like Letting them keep the regret. I don't regret my abortion, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I think it's okay to regret your abortion. You don't, you don't have it doesn't have to be your empowering choice, right? Like you can keep that and that can be a part of your strength. I have yes. this regret and now and
1: I love myself anyway.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is how I find my power moving forward in the world. Yeah. I don't have to believe that I made the best choice or the right choice or the most empowering choice, or, you know, I can regret my decision and still find my power.
1: And still, yeah. And still give myself permission to the fullness of my life, to have the fullness of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. you wrote something about Wholeness, including the broken bits. Was mm. that
1: recently somewhere? I don't know where I saw that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I just have yeah. always found it kind of ironic that we'll so often talk about wholeness and then we talk about light and light and light. Okay, but that's only one side of things. Mm-hmm. If we talk about wholeness, then we're not talking about light. We're talking about light and shadow. We're talking yeah. about, yeah. you know, it's 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 very literal right wholeness means all of it
0: yeah 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 all of it um okay we've been talking for a while so i'm i'm looking at my notes here from things that you've said that stuck out to me but i might just let them sit is there anything else you feel like needs to be said or shared as we close this chapter
1: Mm, I don't think so. I mean, it's rich, it's rich conversation. It's important conversation. And yeah, I just love, I, I want everyone to continue to sort of lean into this idea that there is room for your story regardless. It's not about The content of your story it's about who you are Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this is something that I wrote about recently as well briefly and I think about a lot and that is is that so often when we're in deep pain or struggle we're not tapping into the larger narrative there is a larger narrative of our life that is much bigger than any one decision And, and that's true, whether you're trying Mm. to make a business decision Mm -hmm. or a decision about your positioning in the world, or if you're thinking about your abortion or abortions or your motherhood or what, or your relationship, there is a larger narrative, a larger arc. So when it feels really sticky and hard, Mm -hmm. be that eagle and pull back and up and ask to be shown what's the larger narrative. What else is available to me here?
0: Mm, Yeah my brain is doing another one of this versus that which is like how does my abortion define me versus how does my abortion and always you know abortion or abortions but right like Mm-hmm. How does abortion define me, or how does abortion fit into this, into my larger narrative? The larger narrative,
1: yeah. What if it's just picture? a brush stroke in the yeah. painting, yes, right? Yeah, it's the same when we get all twisted about a photo session or a po. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it's the same, but to some degree, if we hold this with some lightness, it's the same, right? Yeah, no one post, no one photo is ever going to be able to tell the story of your vastness, yeah, do it anyway. And eventually there's a big enough body of work that hopefully people get a sense and you get the experience of your bigger presence, your bigger narrative, right? The answer isn't to not tell those stories, but just don't make any one try to be at all. You're too big. You're too, we're we're much bigger Mm, than that. You're so
0: much bigger than your abortion story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful.
0: Okay. Thank
1: you. You're welcome. Thank you. Do you have any other questions for me?
0: I don't. I mean, the, the quote that I wrote down when we started or before we started that just like screams at me in the most delicious way was, when we take up space, we starve out the predator. Yes. And that felt so important to me in this conversation. Um, And I wasn't going to bring it up because it feels so, it feels like a whole nother conversation.
1: (laughs) It does, but I will leave, I will leave. So
0: good. It's so good.
1: (laughs) So this is the thing I want to say to everyone, including myself, all of us all the time. Anytime you feel like you are, you shouldn't put your photos out there, for example, or your offers out there or your work out there. And I know that that's not, what in whatever way that looks like, just remember that if you don't, they are those predatorial forces, mm-hmm. capitalism, racism, they are not slowing down. They are not slowing down. But the more that we show up even imperfectly, the more that we have a chance to crowd out the predators inside and out, the internal, external, energetic, literal that's what we do
0: yeah I feel that so much too because so many times I've been my abortion was four years ago and so many times I've said something and it it takes up space right and then I get that look or that reaction that's just like you just said that, like, yes, I did, (laughs) right, like, I'm taking up that space, Um, which when I can own my abortion so freely, and own my sadness, and own my grief, and still love myself for making the decision, there's less room for your um, abortion is murder and a sin story, right
1: it's like yes in yourself mm-hmm. so that's true for in yourself but also mm-hmm. like kind of like you were saying earlier if we could see a visual of if there were like a little dot on a map or a chart yeah. of all of the abortion is murder you're a horrible even evil woman blah blah blah, blah. it's covered in dots every time you show up with your story it's a different color dot Right? So yes, it's changing things for you, but also the, that has a ripple effect. Yes. And that's that both personal work and collective work that we're doing. Right? It's not, we're no longer just about self-help. This is about self and other. This is about community. This is about interdependence. Right? Yeah, it's about our ripple effect and our collective care. How can we impact that as best as we can?
0: Yeah. Mm. So juicy. So fun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, If people want to find you quickly, where can they do that?
1: On Instagram at Danielle Cohen Photography or my website, which is danielle-cohen.com. and i also my newsletter is probably one of the best places to stay in closer touch Mm. yeah
0: i recommend her newsletter (laughs)
1: thanks love okay until good to see you all right bye
0: thanks for listening and as always please consider sharing